read through these scriptures before. Uh, I tell you what, it definitely helps us to go back and see things that God has said in His Word, even though we may be familiar with them. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to begin there in verse 1, and I entitled this message, A Look at the Last. A Look at the Last. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we'll begin there in verse 1. When we think about being in the last days, we think about, um, we think about trouble sometimes. Of course, that's how the Bible uh, illustrates it for us, shows us a number of different things that will be taking place in the last days in our time as we think about a look in the last days. And when we look around in our society today, I think there's one thing that we can definitely see uh, in our life is that uh, as we see all the different things that's happening on the news, we see all the different things that's taking place uh, currently all around us in society. Uh, we can definitely read the Bible and see uh, a lot of similarities and correlations that we can understand that, uh, that we are in the last days. And we don't know how far in the last days necessarily we are, but uh, we are further today than we were yesterday. We do know that. And we are further now than we were 2,000 years ago uh, when, uh, when uh, the Lord Jesus passed away, uh, roughly around in that time frame, when He died on the cross and rose again. And so we see today, this morning, as we take a look at the last days, what does the Bible characterize this time is like? What, uh, what, what, uh, what, what, are the, what will be the people's reactions, their emotions, how will they think, how will they feel, uh, what will be their character in the last days. And as we look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, uh, I think we can definitely see in, in several verses here, not sure how much of that we'll be able to cover this morning, but we can definitely see uh, how the Bible describes the characteristics of the people during this time. And the Bible shows us there in verse 1, notice he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And that word perilous there has the idea of dealing with dangerous times or difficult times. I believe the Lord is showing this because he wants us to understand that, listen, there are some things we need to be watchful for, some things that we need to be uh, wearing of in our life as, as pilgrims passing through this land. We want to make sure that we are living our life in such a way that we are being careful. As the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant as we are watching, as we are careful in our spiritual lives, as we are sojourning through this time period here on this earth, as we are living for God and making our way up to heaven, this, which is where we'll end up, what are we going to do while we're here in this, in this transitioning period? And the Bible says that we need to be sober. We need to be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And during this last days, we can definitely see that. We can definitely see that the devil is extremely active. We can definitely see the devil is extremely busy, extremely interested in our personal lives, in our communities, our churches, our homes, and workplaces, the whole world. And so as we look and we see the Bible says there in verse 1 that uh, he says, this know also, something that God wants you to know. He doesn't want you to be ignorant of it. He wants you to know exactly 
how things are going to be. What's going to be the characteristics of the people? What kind of time is it going to be? He says in the last days, it's going to be perilous times. It's going to be dangerous times. It's going to be difficult times. There was a, a man a long time ago. He owned a, uh, owned a, a little shop and folks would come in and he had this old dog. And this dog, you ever, uh, you ever been to a, like an old gas station or... Uh, uh, or something like that, and they just guy just had an old dog, and that old dog just laid there and just kind of greeted everybody that came in, you know. Uh, you know, when I when I pastored uh, Cornerstone Baptist Church, I remember one Sunday morning I was standing there in the pulpit preaching, and of course we had to out there in the country up in the mountains, and we had the doors that was just wide open, you know, and breeze just running through, and uh, it was just a, a good Sunday morning. Next thing you know, old hunting dog came in. Old hunting dog came in, you know, got the collar on him and everything. He just came in and he just plopped himself right down in the middle of the hallway right there, you know. And everybody just kind of turned around and looked, saw the old dog just laying there. And, hey, I just kept going, you know. I just considered him a visitor. We counted him, you know. And so uh, there he was. He just sat there, sat there almost the whole time while I preached. And then he left and uh, didn't get saved, but he did leave and uh, put him on the visitors, you know, tried to make a visitors card out, but he left before I can get to him, you know. Uh, but anyhow, uh, but anyway, so this old this guy, he had this old dog, and he'd come in, he'd just sit down there, and uh, at, at the very uh, at the door, when people would come in, and people would just they open up the door, they, the guy would try to get the dog to move somewhere else, but he was just one of them old lazy dogs, you know, just laying around, and the old hound dog just lay there right there, right there in front of the door, people would open up, they'd just trip over him every time. So what the guy did was he said, "Listen, I'll do this." So he put a sign up right before you walk in that said, beware of dog. <laughs> so he opens up the, so, so when people open up the door, they'd walk, they'd, they'd open up the door. The very first thing they're looking at is they want to know, where is this dog at? If I need to beware of this dog, where is this dog at? And what kind of dog is it? And so they open up the door. And when they open up the door, they're very cautious. They're very careful. And so they look down, the very first thing they see is this old dog just laying there, old hound dog just laying there, won't even hardly lift up his head and look at nobody. And they step over him. And one guy said, where's this, soul? where's this dog we're supposed to be aware of? Where, you got this sign out there that says, beware of dog. Where is this dog we need to be watching out for? He said, surely it ain't that one. He said, yes, it's that one. He says, now, nah, I don't nobody need to be aware of that dog. He said, well, he said, why in the world did you put that sign up, beware of dog and that thing laying there like that? He says, well... He said, everybody come in, just trip over him. He said, so I put a sign up, said, beware a dog. Now everybody opens up the door, they paid attention. They're watching. He said, the whole purpose was, was for people to start looking and start paying attention and start watching. And you know, we can kind of go through life and not, be, not pay attention, not watch, and not really, not, really, uh, not really focusing on the beware signs that are around us all over the place. A lot of beware signs that are in our individual lives. Beware signs that are all over the place. And you know, there are a lot of things that the, that the Bible shows us that we need to be aware of, that we need to be watchful for. And here in the last days, I think one of the things that we see is that there's a kind of a big beware sign right here in the last days. And what God has shown us this morning, he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And so he wants us to see that this, and there is, there is a dang, there is some danger that is on the way, some difficult times, some danger that is on the way that you need to be aware of as a Christian. As, as you are living your Christian life, as you are walking with God, as you are trying to raise your family, as you're trying to serve in the church, and as you're, as you're going to work, and as you're caring about your everyday business of life, 
You need to understand that as a Christian, there are some things that you're going to face. And as the days continue to unfold, one day after the next, as they continue to go on and day after day, year after year, I want you to understand that there are some dangerous times that are coming. There are some things that you need to be aware of. And he says there in the verse, and there in verse 2, as we get to the very first part of it, when he tells us that perilous times shall come, I want us to notice one of the very first things that he says. He says there in verse 2, he says, For men shall be lovers of themselves. The Apostle Paul describes a world that is full of selfishness. A world that is full of selfishness. A world where people, it's all about them. A world where people are looking for themselves. They have no care, no regard for anyone else because they see a world that that it seems like that only the world revolves around them. And he says that, listen, in the last days, there's going to be some dangerous times because we're going to be living during a time where people are going to love their own selves. They're not going to care about you. They're going to have this attitude, this mentality that your life doesn't matter. It's all about me. Hey, I think we're kind of right there right now. I mean, we look around society today and we can see that, listen, we, we are in that term. We are in that area where the Bible says that men, they love their own selves. They, uh, it, it's all about them. Whatever they can get, whatever I can get, no matter who I have to hurt, no matter who I have to put down, no matter who I have to squash, no matter what I have to steal, no matter who I have to slander, no matter what I have to do, as long as I can get ahead, it doesn't make any difference. People who were consumed with their own selves. The Bible says men shall be lovers of their own selves. They have in essence made themselves into a God and they in essence worship themselves. They could, care, they could care less about God. They can care less about the things that God has said. They can, care less about, uh, they can care less about the doctrines of God and the service of God because the whole world just revolves around them, their ideology, who they are and what they want and what they desire and where they're going and what they're going to get. And everything in life just revolves around them. And the Bible says in the last days that the world will be filled, shows us here with people who are in essence lovers of their own selves. A society where people just think about themselves. The Bible also shows us there in verse 2, he says, not only will men be lovers of themselves, but he says that they will be a covetous people. A covetous people, a people that lives in the world where they want everything that everybody else wants. Where they want to take away what you have so that they can have it for themselves. They see what you have. They don't like the idea that you have it. And so they covet after it. They're envious of it. They're jealous of it. They don't want you to have it. And so they want it for themselves. I tell you what, if that don't speak of where we're at today. There's lots of people out here in this world that have been blessed and God's given them all kinds of things. Not, not just material things, not just money and things like that. But listen, there are people out there, there are people out there that are envious and jealous and covetous of things that are not necessarily money, or not necessarily possessions in that kind of way, materialism. But they don't like the idea that maybe you can do certain things. They don't like the idea that you can sing. They don't like the idea that you can lead. They don't like the idea that they don't like the idea that uh, God's got His hand of blessing on you. They don't like the idea that uh, you have a good relationship with your husband or your wife. 
They, can, they, they don't like the idea that you have those things, and so they have a covetous spirit. And they, and they, and they, can't, they, and they don't like you because... You have what they want and they want to see what they can do to rip you away from it. The Bible describes in the last days that it'll be, it'll be seen as a people that is a covetous people. A people that has a desire to be successful but to take what you have to get them that way. The Bible describes there in verse 2 that men shall be lovers of themselves and that they shall be a covetous people. The Bible goes on to say, he says, men shall be boasters. You say, what is a boaster? A boaster is someone who's, you know, the, the actual term for boaster actually means a wanderer about the country, a vagabond, or a pretender, an empty pretender, or an imposter. You say, well, that sounds a lot like uh, hypocrisy or something like that. Well, It's very very similar. But the boaster also with the idea of being proud. But what this person does is, is 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 he deceives everybody into saying, look at me, look at who I am, look at what I've done. Talks about all that they have, talks about all that they do, yet they have nothing. And yet they've done nothing. But they boast about themselves. They're proud. They they try to put on this persona that they are someone, that they are something and because they have such a desire to be what they're not. And so what they do is is they put on this persona that this is the kind of person that they are and they've done this and they've done this and they've done that and that they're all these things but yet really they're nobody and have done nothing. And so they pretend their whole life that, 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 that this is the kind of person that they are and, and, and they pretend that they're this, this individual over here and they in essence forget about their life and they try to become someone else. He says, in the last days it'll be filled with people that will be boasters. They give high hopes, make great promises. Like the Bible says about the False teachers of the day, he says, they'll be like clouds without water. They'll have nothing to give because they have nothing themselves. They they pretend to be something that they're not. And and, and And as they pretend to be something that they're not, they're proud of it. They shall be boasters. The Bible goes on to say, not only will men be lovers of themselves and will they have a covetous spirit, and not only will they be uh, uh, boasters and be self-valuing and proud and pretending, but the Bible also goes on to say that they'll be a proud people. A proud people. What What does it mean to be proud? It means to give an overestimation of yourself. I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't value ourselves. Of course we should. But whenever we are proud, we are overestimating ourselves. Proverbs 16, 18 says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. It was pride that was one of the key factors or the key factor that uh, was the destruction of Satan himself whenever he fell from heaven and he desired the throne of God. And he says that I will be like God and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do that and... And with his prideful heart, tried to deceive the angels of heaven and swiped a third of them along with destruction with him. 
The Bible shows us here in the last days, the Bible says that people be lovers of themselves and they'll be covetous, they'll be boasters, they'll be proud. And, and a lot of these things overlap. These characters overlap each other and they intermingle, they'll inter, uh, intermingle with each other. But one of the characteristics that we see in the last days is the Bible says that people be a proud people. A proud people. Overestimating themselves. They thinking that they're better than everybody else. I'm number one and, 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 and nobody is better than me and, and, and just all around a proud spirit. We give ourselves the preeminence because that's what happens when we have a proud spirit where in essence, we're in essence removing the focus and attention off of God and we're, and we're, and we're placing ourselves in that place where God should be. Because God should have the preeminence in all things and no matter what we do in our life, He should have the preeminence in all things. Whether it's in our life, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in the church or anywhere else, God should have the preeminence. And whenever we remove him, then that means that we end up having, and we sit where he's sitting at, then we, uh, we have this proud spirit. And we no longer give him the preeminence of what he needs, what he's supposed to have. And we replace God as the center of our lives with ourselves. God no longer becomes the center of who we are and what we do, but we become the center, which goes, along with the, which goes along with the boaster as well because he says, look at me and look at who I am, but yet he's nothing. And look how powerful I am and look what I can do, but yet can do nothing. And the Bible characterizes men in the last days. He says the people will be a proud people. We look here in verse 2. The Bible says not only will they be boasters, not only will they be proud, but the Bible describes the people in the last days as being blasphemers. What does it mean uh, to blaspheme? What does it mean to be a blasphemous person? It means to speak evil. To speak evil, to speak slanderous, abusive, defiant, bitter, uh, cursing towards each other, God's people, the work of God, God himself. All those things blaspheming the name of God, speaking against God, doing, uh, 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 speaking against the works of God, speaking against the work of who Christ is, blaspheming. Saying all manner of evil, wicked things against the Lord. Here in the last days, the Bible describes the character of the people as being a blasphemous people. Characterizing the things of God as things that are evil. Where we become, we see that we're in the last days when we see the people have no reserve whatsoever in their actions and deeds and words when it comes to God or the things of God. I mean, there, there are folks out there that can just flippantly just abuse the name of God and curse the name of God, use his name in curse language. I don't know about y'all, but I can't stand to hear that mess. I can't stand to hear it. I mean, if there is anything that I think this probably crawls me, it's whenever I hear people using God's name in, in a cursing way. 
blaspheme in the name of God, have, having, having no respect and, and having, and ha- having uh, no, uh, no desire to honor God in any way, no respect, no, 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 no honor whatsoever for who God is in the name of God and the power of God. And the Bible describes in the last days of being known as a people that are a blasphemous people. One of the other things that we see, the Bible says there in verse 2, not only will they be a blasphemous people, the Bible says they'll be a a people that is, the Bible says, is disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. The Bible says in the last days it'll be characterized by by, 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 by not, listen, not just necessarily children. The Bible says disobedient to parents, but it didn't say how, uh, how old these are. Just disobedient to parents. Because we have a, we have a mother and a father, and, and we should honor them and respect them. And the Bible shows this right here. He says in the last days it, it, it'll be characterized, the, the last days will be characterized by people who are disobedient to the parents. We're living in a society today where, let's focus on this, where the children, it seems like many are not very obedient to their parents. And listen, there's a lot of shows that come on TV today that our kids watch that teach them not to be obedient to their parents. I'm not saying I'm against TV and all that kind of stuff. But I am just saying that we got to be watchful. we got to be careful what we allow to come into our homes through these things. Whether it's on radio, whether it's on TV. I tell you, I've seen all kinds of things, even the things that the little kids are watching, even on Disney. Where it's something you would think, that, where it's you know, focused and geared towards the children. But things that even come on there that you have to be watchful for because there are a lot of shows that come on even on the Disney Channel that teach their children to be disobedient to you and to look at you like you're an idiot. Have y'all seen any of that stuff? I have. And they watch that long enough and they see that long enough and next thing you know it's done been shoved in their ears Hours a day, they think it. Yeah, they think it. And they begin to believe it. And now, and now those little children that you just love and care about so much and will do anything in the world for and die for, they now start to look at you like you're stupid. And the Bible says in the last days it'll be characterized by, by a society where folks are disobedient to the parents. The Bible goes on to say, not only will they be disobedient, but the Bible goes on to say they'll be unthankful. Unthankful, having the idea of being ungracious or unpleasing. Many folks today have no sense of gratitude. We're living in a world today where everybody thinks, listen, I, I just deserve everything that I, I just deserve everything that I, that's coming to me. I shouldn't, you know, I'm just entitled to it. You know, we're living in an entitled society today. 
The Bible says in the last days that there will be folks that will be unthankful. They, 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 uh, they will not have any gratitude whatsoever about the things, the blessings they receive. Hey, listen, let's just think about ourselves sometimes. Sometimes even as God's people, as, as Christians, we can be very unthankful and have a very ungracious attitude towards our God who has blessed us so much. But the Bible says that the last days be characterized by people that are just unthankful. There is no gratitude whatsoever, no thanksgiving at all. A world where everybody thinks that you owe them something. You ever been around people who just think everybody just owes them something? Everybody just owes me this and owes me that. They, 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 think that. they think that the world, that society itself, owes them something. And whatever happened to the idea, just work hard for it. Whatever happened to the idea of if you want something, you just work hard for it. If, you, if, if, if there's just something that you want, there's something that you desire, not that you have a covetous spirit, but if there's something that you need, there's something you want, something that you desire, whatever happened to getting out and putting some hard work and sweat into it and instead of expecting everybody just to give you something. The Bible says in the last days be characterized by people that are unthankful. Unthankful, a, a, a world where everybody thinks that you owe them something, a world that is full of complaining and grappling and grumbling because people are just unthankful for what they have. Unthankful that they don't have what they want and unthankful that, that, that what they got is not what they really want. The Bible says that the last days will be characterized by people that are unthankful. There in verse 2, the Bible also describes the world that we're going to be living in in the last days. Describes it as disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. Unholy. What does it mean to be unholy? It means to be wicked. It means to be evil. It means not to be righteous. You know, we're living in a world today where it seems like everything... We turn on the news. There is very rarely seldom anything that's good. I mean, you have to nitpick it apart to try to find something uh, that is good because it's just full. It's just full of uh, all kinds of negativity. I tell you what, if you probably want to live a better life, you'd probably, I mean, you know, not that I'm saying I'm against TV, but I'm just telling you, we'd all probably, we'd, if we turn the TV off more often, we'd probably see that we, how much we really don't need it. Because it is so full of negative stuff. To be wicked, to be evil. We're always constantly hearing about things that uh, somebody else getting murdered, somebody else getting raped, and all this going on over here, and all this going on over there, and robberies all over the place. And you think, wow. The Bible describes in Matthew 24, 12, the Bible says that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow wax cold, grow cold. My family and I, yesterday, we decided to step out a little bit. And we headed down to Mount Airy and went to a place called Mayberry. Anybody ever heard of Mayberry? We went to a place called Mayberry down in Mount Airy. And I got to sit in Floyd's Barbershop where Andy Griffith got his hair cut. 
And that guy was telling me, the guy that was in there, the old man that was in there, he's Floyd's son. And people just come in. It don't cost you anything. It's all free. You just walk in and, and they just sit there and he'd tell you some tales or whatever and talk to you a bit and take your picture and all that kind of stuff. And say, yeah, this over here, this is where Andy sat and right over there, that's where Dad cut his hair and, and just tell you all kinds of stuff. And you just walked around and you, and, you, and you saw different things such as Wally's and Snappy Lunch and all that stuff. And went by and saw Andy Griffith's house where he grew up when he was a child. And, and as I begin to think about the show, now I know it was Hollywood, but as I begin to think about the show, how many have ever watched Andy Griffith? Oh, everybody in here. You're not saved if you don't know who Andy Griffith is. You need to get right with God right now. But as I was thinking about his life, as, as I was thinking about the show, you know, that show in that day kind of characterized really how people done things back then in, in many ways. I mean, where all you had to do was just where a man's word was just good enough for a handshake. Right? Where they sat on the front porch and talked about Jesus and talked about the weather and talked about church and just sang songs and enjoyed life. Didn't really worry that much about all the different things we have out here today where life seemed like it was a little bit more simpler and you didn't have, and I know that even during that time, you still had your evil things that took place and still bad things that were happening, but, but, but it seemed like the characteristic of the people was different. People were just different. There were still sinful things. There were still bad things that were happening, but it just seemed like the, the nature of people, the characteristics of people were different. And people had a different philosophy about how they lived and what they thought and, and what was really important in life. And I tell you, we, our family, we have watched the Andy Griffith show, I don't know how many seasons we're, we've went through, reruns over and over and over again, watch them every night before we go to bed. And whenever you see that kind of life, you're just like, man, look at, look at the way everybody just seemed to live. I mean, I get it that it was Hollywood, but we also understand that, listen, years ago, there was a way of living that was very similar to that where people wasn't worried about locking the doors at night and people didn't worry about people coming, stealing their kids off the street and you can leave your keys in the car and get up the next morning and it still be there. I mean, you didn't have to worry about being robbed really that on, on the side of the street. Everybody knew everybody and everybody loved everybody and everybody helped everybody. And I mean, I remember, I remember when I was at my great grandma's house and I remember when I was just a little kid and I was looking around at all the, on the farm and I was looking around at all the barns and all this stuff. And I remember my great granddaddy being out there and I, Grandpa Kendi was his name. And, 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 I, and, I, and I remember saying, Grandpa, as I was talking about all these barns, he said, yes. He said, son, he said, when we built all these barns, he said, we had what they called a barn raising. He said, everybody just come over and help build barns. Everybody left the daily activities of themselves and thought about others and helped them get their job done too. And I thought, wow, what have we lost? Man, it seems like we've lost so much. And the Bible says in the last days that we're going to be living during the time when, when folks are going to be, it's going to be an unholy time. It is going to be a wicked and evil time. Listen, we know that wicked and evil has abounded with us uh, from the beginning. Listen, we get it, we understand it. But it seems like as the days roll on and on and on and as the next day unfolds and the next day unfolds, it seems like it gets worse and worse. 
And the Bible says the characteristics of the people in the last days were the people that's unholy. I mean, there was a time you saw a hitchhiker with you know, his thumb going down the road and you didn't mind picking him up. Now? You know, I feel bad. I really do. Because if you see a guy walking down the street and he's got his thumb out, unless you probably got two or three other guys with you, he's probably going to keep walking. I mean, you, know, you almost just want to you almost just want to stop and tell him, "Hey, just don't even keep don't even worry about keeping your thumb out," because probably nobody gonna pick you up. And we just live in during a time where people are so fearful and people are so afraid because they see how society is and they see how things are going. That, that, that whenever, that when we see things like that, we have a burden for them and we're like, man, I would really like to help this person, but they might just kill me. I mean, isn't that, isn't that so? I mean, you're driving down the road, you see somebody's car just broke down and you're thinking to yourself, man, you know what? I'd like to help them out. I'd, hey, I'd done that on the other day. I was on my route. I saw a guy's truck was broke down. I pulled up beside of him, rolled my window down. I said, hey, man, you need some help? He said, no, I think I got it, you know, working everything out. And he said, I've got a friend coming. He said, I'll be all right. And I was like, all right, so you need anything? He says, no, I'm good. But the whole idea is, is that, you know, whenever you see somebody, they're walking down the street or, or whatever it is and, 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 they, and they need some help. You, you sit there and you, you're thinking about these things in your mind. You're like, you know what, I love to help these people. I would like to intervene, but I'm afraid that if I do, that might be the last thing that I do. And listen, we've all know horror stories and we've heard them themselves and maybe you know people that things has happened to them. And so what do you do? You drive away and you say, Lord, I pray you send somebody to help them as long as it ain't me. You say, Lord, I hope you help them, whatever it is. Why? Because people are fearful. People are afraid. So why is that? Because First Peter, the Bible tells us that the devil walketh about as a roaring lion. What does the roar do? It causes fear. And I'll tell you what. You say, well, I ain't scared of no lion. Not in the church or not. But you put yourself out there on the savannah with no guns. And you're just walking around out there all alone, all by yourself. And you hear, Rawr! what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> you're going to be scared half to death. I'm not sure if it's a tree they're going to save you because cats can climb trees too. So what are you going to do? You'll be scared half to death. Listen, that roar, what does it do? It causes fear. What does the devil want to do? Cause fear in people. We know he's powerful. Hey, he's a lion. The Bible describes that he's powerful. He knows he's not all powerful, but he is powerful. But his roar causes fear before his bite. Just like a dog does normally. Usually a dog will bark before he bites you. And so his roar causes fear. And, his, and the devil is roaring all across our country. He is roaring all across the world. And people are fearful. And people are afraid. And they're looking around in the world and they're seeing all these things that are going on and, and, and they're looking at God's word and they're saying, yes, I see what God's word is saying about it. We're in the last days and 
people are afraid. And the Bible says they're unthankful, they're unholy, they're wicked, they're, uh, they're, 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 they're evil. We're living during a time when people are living evil lives and, and they don't care who knows it, they don't care who sees it. No remorse, no repentance. I just live my life and do what I want to do and I could care less what you think, I could care less what God thinks. Doesn't matter to me how you view it. Now, a world where people are living evil, wicked lives, not in the closet, but out in public, and expecting you to like it. Expecting you to like it. And the Bible describes that's the kind of world that the last days is going to be characterized by. And what else do we see? We're not going to be able to finish it all this morning. I'll talk about the rest of it tonight. But what the Bible also shows us, we'll finish with this one. The Bible begins there in verse 3. It says, without natural affection. Now, what is that? Well, that's homosexuality. You mean, preacher, you said that? Homosexuality is a sin? I did. I did. And I'll say it again. It's a sin. Homosexuality is a sin. And the Bible shows us right here that in the last days it will be characterized by a people that has no natural affection. No natural affection. Homosexuality, sodomy. And the Bible says it's sinful. And the Bible says that the last days will be characterized by a people that are living this way. And listen, I love our country. I love the United States of America. But I tell you what, this nation did a big injustice to God whenever they said that it was perfectly legal for men to marry men and women to marry women. They did an injustice to God. They did an injustice to the marriage system that God created and founded from the beginning. They did an injustice to the people of the country. They did an injustice to the children that are going to grow up in homes thinking that it's all okay. Because it's not. And that's not, that's not Pastor Brian's opinion. That's God's truth. And the Bible says that the last days will be characterized by, 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 by people that, that are filled with unnatural affections. I mean, we have more cartoons that are coming out with homosexuality in them. We have more TV shows and sitcoms and all this kind of stuff coming out with all that stuff in it. And it is constantly being pressed into our young children's minds that it's okay. And then as they, as they, as they absorb all this information as a sponge, they grow up. And as they grow up and they, go to, and they go to some of these liberal universities that's out here, they are also again uh, saturated every day, hours a day, with liberal theology and evolution and all these different kinds of things. And then we begin to wonder, what in the world happened to my kids? Yeah. I'm not just talking about, I'm not just talking about uh, kids of folks that are out in the pew. I'm talking about preacher's kids too. 
Listen, just because I have two kids doesn't mean that they're not going to grow up and turn their backs on God. I don't know what they're going to do. I pray to the good Lord that they don't. I pray that they constantly see the value. I pray that they constantly have a desire to serve God and love God and, 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 and will take the truths of God and apply it to their life on a daily basis. But I can't make them do it. And you can't make yours do it. And we're not with them every second, every minute and hour of the day. And when they grow up and they're on their own, we can't force them to do things. And they have to make the decisions themselves. But the Bible says right here in verse 3, the Bible says the last days will be characterized by a people that is without natural affection. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about lesbians. I'm talking about, uh, I don't know, what do you call a homosexual man? I don't know, what do you call him? A qu- <laughs> okay. I'm talking about transgenders as well. Listen, we are living in a confused society where people don't even know what they are anymore. You know, the devil's doing a good job in these last days confusing the minds of people. Confusing their minds about God. Confusing their minds about even who they are. Who they are. To where from, from, from where to when a child is really small, I'm talking four, five, six, seven, eight years old, that they can decide, listen, I know, listen, when we were kids, listen, I thought I was John Rambo, okay? I did. I could fight the whole Vietnamese by myself, on my own, with one finger, with a smile on my face. And I could rescue all the prisoners and I can fly the, fly the helicopter back to base. I thought I could do all that. And I run around with a little bandana on, a, on my head. And my little pistols that I had that I carried all over me. And my little face paint that I put all over my face. And my little plastic hand grenades that I threw. And when I run out of them, I picked up sticks and broke them and threw them. I pretended a lot when I was a kid. I'm not saying pretending's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But what I am saying is that whenever you get a kid, when you tell a kid when he's four, five, six, seven, eight years old, that he can decide if he's a boy or a girl, there's a problem with that. There's a problem with that. That's not pretending you're Rambo. That's not pretending you're Shira. You know what it is? It's, it's confusion that the devil's bringing to our society. And the Bible describes the, la- the last days as a people that will be without natural affection. Confusing. The devil is confusing our society. And he's using politicians to further it. He's using the politicians to further the confusion that we're facing today. And we are on the cusp here in a few weeks of voting for some some completely different futures for our nation. And I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I pray that it's in favor of God's people. 
We're going to finish this message up tonight, and I encourage you to come back and listen to what God says about the last days. If you're here this morning, listen. What I don't want you to do is I don't want you to lose heart because our God sits on the throne. Even though we may be living in the last days, and even though we don't know everything exactly that's coming down the pipe to us, we do know that we serve a God that still sits on the throne. So for God's people in the midst of it all, when you hear the roar, when you hear the roar, you just point to God. Just point to God. Because God knows, God sees. And let us not let the fear of the roar of the devil keep us from being what God needs us to be. Let's pray this morning. Father, we come to you today. We thank you so much for your blessings. Lord, you are far better to us than we deserve. And Lord, I pray that you help us today as we take your word and we apply it to our hearts and lives. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see the time we're in. I pray that you'd help us to see who we are. I pray that you'd help us to see those of us that are saved, the strength that we have within us. That you tell us in your word, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And even though we live during a chaotic time, we still know God, that you sit on the throne and we ask that you would send peace into all of our hearts. Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I pray this morning that you would help them to see how much that you love them. And God, that you sent your only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for them. And that the only way that they can get to heaven is through Jesus. As the music plays, if you're here today and you're not saved, you don't know Christ, you just slip your hand up so I can see you. Nobody's looking but me and the Lord. Is there anybody here this morning say, I don't know who Jesus is? I've never trusted him as my Savior. could be that you're here this morning just and got a lot of things going on in your life. And you're just praying and asking God to help you, give you guidance and direction, give you strength in the journey. If everyone can stand to their feet and every head bowed and every eye closed, if you have a desire to come to the altar this morning, you're more than welcome to come. It's a matter of salvation. I encourage you not to wait another day. For the Word of God says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week or next month or next year, but that today is the day. Because your life is but a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Make sure you make no delay and making the most important decision of your entire life. 
which is your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. For the Lord said Himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. If you're here today and you need to get saved, I encourage you to come. This is your time. This is your opportunity. There are burdens on your heart, things you just want to come and give to God. I encourage you to come. Could be you just want to praise the Lord this morning. And just thank Him for being so good. Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning.